In a world where stories are more than just entertainment, where films captivate our souls and characters become legends, welcome to the show that celebrates the magic of the silver screen, delves into the journeys of storytelling, and ventures into iconic cultural phenomena. Sit back, grab your popcorn, and prepare for a cinematic journey. This is Pop Mythology, the podcast. For just a second, Imagine yourself standing on the bow of a mighty ship. I got a jar of dirt. From the breathtaking curse of the Black Pearl to the daring adventures that pushed the boundaries of film, we will navigate through uncharted territories and discover the secrets that lie beneath the surface. Prepare to embark on an epic odyssey through the vast and treacherous waters of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. It's the magic of storytelling that transports us to a world where imagination knows no bounds. That's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. So it would seem. It's the magnetic charm of Captain Jack Sparrow, the resilience of Elizabeth Swan, and the cunning of Captain Barbosa that have become legends in their own right. I'm Jameson, this is Pop Mythology, and let the adventure begin. Establishing the context of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise requires going back quite a bit. No, no, not yet. We will get to you in a minute. To here. Pirate movies have a storied legacy that date back to the early days of cinema. The genre took shape in 1926 with Douglas Fairbanks Sr.'s unforgettable performance in The Black Pirate. Throughout the golden age of Hollywood in the 1930s to 50s, films like Captain Blood and The Seahawk, starring the charismatic Errol Flynn, captured audiences' imaginations. These swashbuckling adventures combined robbery, romance, and daring escapades on the high seas, accompanied by the allure of hidden treasure. The genre's appeal lied in its ability to evoke the thrill of adventure, featuring action-packed sword fights, daring stunts, and the enchanting presence of damsels in distress. The pirate's debonair image, adorned in leather boots and silk shirts, resonated with both male and female viewers, further adding to the popularity. Now, at the same time, we can journey back in time to the realm of storytelling where one man's vision revolutionized the entertainment industry. Dwarf's names fit their personalities. This pompous-looking individual is Doc. Ah, Walt Disney. A name that resonates with both young and old, a true legend whose creative genius shaped the very fabric of animation and entertainment as we know it. The Walt Disney Company, a name that changed the game, pushed the boundaries of animation to new frontiers. With each stroke of the artist's brush and each frame painstakingly crafted, Disney created a tapestry of animated masterpieces that captured the hearts of millions. Within the realm of Walt Disney's creative empire emerged Disneyland, a groundbreaking theme park that revolutionized the concept of entertainment. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. The Pirates of the Caribbean ride, an iconic attraction, encapsulated the essence of immersive storytelling. Conceived and brought to life by a team of talented Imagineers, including Claude Coates, Mark Davis, and Ex Atencio, under Walt Disney's guidance, the ride transported guests into a thrilling world of pirates. 
Since its opening in 1967, the ride has enchanted visitors with its elaborate scenes, taking them on a journey through pirate encounters, treasure hunts, and epic battles on the high seas. The attention to detail in the set designs masterminded by Claude Coates created an atmospheric and captivating experience, while Mark Davis's animatronic figures injected life and humor into the mischievous pirates. Complemented by Atencio's collaboration with composer George Burns, the infectious theme song, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life For Me, became synonymous with the ride's lively atmosphere. Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life For Me. The Pirates of the Caribbean ride stands as a testament to Walt Disney's commitment to immersive storytelling and the Imagineer's dedication to craftsmanship. Its enduring popularity and ability to transport guests into a captivating pirate world have made it an integral part of Disneyland's identity. The blend of imaginative design, innovative technology, and timeless storytelling has solidified the Pirates of the Caribbean ride as an iconic attraction, capturing the hearts and imaginations of millions of visitors who seek to experience the magic of Disney firsthand. The ride saw various changes throughout the years, but remained popular for decades. Now, we can fast forward once more, past the 80s, past the 90s, just a little past Y2K, ah! I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 2003. What a wild year it was. The world was abuzz with a mix of serious and quirky happenings. On my orders, coalition forces have begun striking selective targets of military importance. We had the Iraq War shaking things up as countries joined forces to play a real-life game of Capture the Flag. Meanwhile, a pesky respiratory virus named SARS decided to gatecrash the global party. On the scientific front, we decoded the human genome, unlocking secrets buried deep within our DNA. And who could forget Apple's game-changing iTunes and the birth of the App Store. Suddenly, we could download music and apps faster than you could say... It is within this vibrant context that the seeds of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, were sown. To bring this film to life, The Curse of the Black Pearl had more twists and turns in its production than a drunken pirate trying to walk in a straight line. It all began when Walt Disney Pictures decided to turn their popular theme park ride into a swashbuckling cinematic adventure. After the box office flop of The Country Bears in 2002, adapting Disney theme park rides into successful films wasn't exactly smooth sailing. But Gore Verbinski, a talented director, took on the helm of Curse of the Black Pearl in May of 2002. Verbinski was enticed by the chance to revive the pirate genre and capture the scary and funny essence of the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride. They brought in the script-savvy Jay Wolpert to work his magic and develop a story based on the beloved ride. The initial story revolved around the character of Will Turner, a brave soul who sets out to rescue the fair maiden Elizabeth, classic, from the clutches of the dastardly Captain Blackheart. But that wasn't quite good enough. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer, with his knack for epic action flicks, initially shook his head at the idea of a straightforward pirate adventure. And that's when the dynamic duo of Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio entered the picture. With their creative powers combined, Elliot and Rossio breathed new life into the script by introducing a supernatural curse inspired by the ride's eerie opening narration. Suddenly, the tale went from a simple rescue mission to an adventure filled with cursed pirates, moonlit skeletons, and enough shivers to make a parrot's feathers stand on end. And so, through the treacherous waters of script development, the film found its true course. The Curse of the Black Pearl takes us on a swashbuckling adventure in the Caribbean, where Captain Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp, sets sail to retrieve his stolen ship, the Black Pearl. You see, Jack is quite attached to the vessel. Maybe he even has separation anxiety, or a serious case of ship-napping phobia.
Port Royal, a bustling town filled with lively characters, we meet Elizabeth Swan, played by Kira Knightley, the governor's daughter, who finds herself caught in the crosshairs of pirates due to her shiny gold necklace. It seems that Barbosa's crew has a thing for bling. Enter Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom, a dashing blacksmith with a not-so-secret crush on Elizabeth. Will's got the looks, the skills, and the heart of a hero. He teams up with the charmingly unpredictable Jack Sparrow, who's probably the only pirate in history to mix swagger with slapstick and somehow make it work. Now, let's talk about Barbosa and his gang. They have a little supernatural secret going on. By day, they appear as regular old pirates, but when the moonlight hits, their inner skeletons come out to play. Talk about a serious case of identity crisis. Barbosa uses this spirit Halloween power to terrorize a captured Elizabeth Swan, who realizes her necklace is more than just a memento from her boo. As our trio ventures through perilous waters, they face thrilling sword fights that would make any swashbuckler's heart race faster than a parrot on an espresso. And let's not forget the breathtaking ship battles where cannonballs fly like mosquitoes on steroids. It's a battle of the brutes, and the Black Pearl isn't called Pearl for its gentle nature. Amidst all the action, our heroes encounter Commodore Norrington, a pirate hunter with a stick so far up his ship's mast that he might need a chiropractor, and Gibbs, the loyal and witty companion who always seems to have a clever quip or two up his sleeve. The story doesn't end there. Brace yourself for the climactic showdown between the Black Pearl and the British Navy. It's a battle put to cinema that rivals the size of Davy Jones' locker. In the end, Curse of the Black Pearl is not just about treasure and swashbuckling adventures. It's about finding honor and sacrifice in the unlikeliest of places. It's about discovering that sometimes the most valuable treasures aren't made of gold, but are found in the friendships, alliances, and hilarious misadventures along the way. Verbinski aimed for historical accuracy, steering away from a purely romanticized portrayal of pirates. The actors underwent physical transformations using prosthetics and contact lenses. Johnny Depp wore contacts that acted like sunglasses, while Jeffrey Rush and Lee Arnberg wore dulled contacts to achieve a sinister look for their dead characters. When it came to finding the perfect actor to embody Jack Sparrow, producer Jerry Bruckheimer had a vision. He believed that Captain Jack needed an edge. And that's where Johnny Depp entered the picture, swaying his way into the role with his unique Keith Richards-inspired approach. Jim Carrey, known for his wild and zany performances, was initially considered for Jack as well. However, fate had other plans, and scheduling conflicts with the film Bruce Almighty forced Carrey to stay ashore. Probably a good thing, because it's hard to picture Jack Sparrow, you know, doing this. But it was Johnny Depp who truly captured the essence of Captain Jack Sparrow. Depp's Jack Sparrow became an instant icon, forever ingrained in cinematic history. Beyond Depp's brilliance, we can't overlook the compelling love story that unfolds between Will and Elizabeth. Orlando Bloom and Kiara Knightley bring a chemistry that ignites the screen, adding an extra layer of depth to the characters and making their journey all the more captivating. It's a tale of romance amidst chaos. But what would a pirate tale be without a captivating antagonist? Enter Barbosa, brilliantly portrayed by the talented Jeffrey Rush. Rush's portrayal embodies the essence of the classic pirate, brings forth a performance that surpasses any other portrayal in pirate cinema. His nuanced approach adds layers of depth and complexity to the film's antagonist, making Barbosa a truly formidable and unforgettable presence on screen. You can't help but both fear and secretly admire the scoundrel. <laughs> What are you looking at? Back to work! 
Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl didn't just defy expectations. It made doubters walk the plank and dive into a sea of surprise. The film opened at the top spot, surpassing the highly anticipated Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. The film even outgrossed another pirate-themed film, Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, solidifying its appeal and commercial success. Ultimately, the film amassed an impressive worldwide total and was the fourth highest grossing film of 2003. Curse of the Black Pearl also notably marked a significant milestone for Walt Disney Pictures. It was the first film released under the Disney banner to receive a PG-13 rating from the MPAA, primarily due to its action and adventure violence. This movie not only aimed to attract a wider audience for Disney, but also set the stage for potential sequels that would follow. After the tremendous success of Curse of the Black Pearl, it was crystal clear that Captain Jack and his misfit crew had plundered the hearts of audiences far and wide. The journey continued with back-to-back -back sequels, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, bursting onto the scene in 2006 and 2007 respectively. Disney, in their practical wisdom, decided to shoot these sequels consecutively, immersing the cast and crew in a swashbuckling world for an extended period of time. Writers Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio had a grand plan for the story. They retroactively turned The Curse of the Black Pearl into the first chapter of a trilogy, setting the stage for a pirate saga that would leave audiences on the edge of their seats. It's like they said, why settle for one treasure chest when you could have three? Their creative compass led them to explore the consequences of Will Turner and Elizabeth Swann's embrace at the end of the first film. They wanted to dig deeper, uncovering the mysteries of the legendary Fountain of Youth, which we'll get to later. But they made the brilliant decision to instead introduce the infamous Davy Jones, the eerie flying Dutchman, and the mythical Kraken. And to balance the scales of pirate power, they introduced the formidable East India Trading Company. These colonial bureaucrats became the contrasting force to the pirates' themes of freedom and rebellion. By 2005, mounting costs in the absence of a completed script had Disney executives contemplating just canceling the ambitious pirate project altogether. It was a critical moment that put the future of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise in peril. However, like a sudden change of the wind, a wave of determination washed over them, and they decided to push forward. The sheer will to bring this epic tale to life outweighed the challenges, and thus the sequels came to be. In Dead Man's Chest, lovebirds Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan are about to say their I do's when Lord Cutler Beckett, the party pooper chairman of the East India Trading Company, crashes their wedding like a cannonball through a ship's hull. Meanwhile, aboard the notorious Black Pearl, Jack gets an unexpected visit from bootstrap Bill Turner, Will's father and a crewman on the spooky Flying Dutchman. And Jack's luck takes a turn for the worse when he's marked with the dreaded black spot, a clear sign that Davy Jones, the captain of the Dutchman and part-time sea monster, wants a piece of him. And that's not exactly the kind of attention you want from a legendary creature of the deep. To escape the clutches of Davy Jones and his monstrous pet kraken, Jack strikes a deal with the devilish captain. He must join Jones's cursed crew or face a not-so-refreshing dip in the ocean. So enter our hero, Will, who finds Jack in quite the predicament. Jack makes a deal with Mr. Squidman to basically trade his life for a hundred others, and Squilliam starts by taking Will. So, they regroup in Tortuga to create a plan to save Will and retrieve the key to the dead man's chest, a container that holds Davy Jones' literal still-beating heart. Who needs a box of chocolates when you can have a creepy box with a heart in it? Their journey takes them through treacherous waters, where they encounter flesh-craving cannibals, the mysterious voodoo priestess Tia Dalma, and engage in a swashbuckling showdown against Davy Jones and his crew. Betrayals, sacrifices, and unexpected alliances put our characters' bonds to the test. 
where the fate of their lives and souls hang in the balance. Jack gets eaten by a big ol' octopus, and in dark defeat, our heroes team up with unlikely old allies to navigate the treacherous waters of Davy Jones' locker and rescue Jack. That puts us right in the third film, At World's End. Lord Beckett, now the self-proclaimed ruler of the seas and ultimate party pooper, intensifies his efforts to bring piracy to a screeching halt. He's on a mission to execute anyone remotely associated with the pirate's life. But fear not, for the pirate lords have a plan. They gather at Shipwreck Cove for the Brethren Court, a gathering of the nine pirate lords from all corners of the globe. It's like a fancy pirate tea party with the fate of the seas hanging in the balance. Fancy. Jack's loyal crew, along with Will, Elizabeth, and the resurrected Hector Barbosa, embark on a ridiculously daring mission to rescue their beloved captain from Davy Jones' locker. It's a mystical realm of the afterlife, where a bunch of Johnny Deaths just run around and scream. On their journey, they encounter the treacherous pirate Lord Saofeng, who likes things steamy. More steam! They engage in battles with the East India Trading Company like a chaotic game of risk, and let's not forget the supernatural forces of Davy Jones and the goddess Calypso, who add a touch of mystical mayhem to the mix. Betrayals, secrets, and the complexities of love and loyalty tangle together like a messy knot as they navigate through dangerous waters, mysterious islands, and engage in epic ship battles. It's like a wild game of Pirate Twister. The fate of pirates, the seas, and the delicate balance between life and death hang in the balance as our motley crew strives to unite the pirate lords and challenge the tyranny of Lord Beckett. It's a battle that will make you laugh, gasp, and question whether you've had too much rum. In the ultimate showdown, alliances are tested, loyalties are shaky, and sacrifices are made to restore freedom and bring about a new era for pirates. It's a chaotic circus performance, with pirates swinging from ropes and doing acrobatic tricks to save the day. The Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, truly exemplify how to create successful and engaging follow-up films. It's a common challenge for sequels to live up to the high expectations set by their predecessors, but these films manage to strike the perfect balance. One of the standout elements is the introduction of Davy Jones. His character is undeniably one of the coolest villains in cinematic history, and he can easily be ranked alongside iconic figures like Darth Vader, the Joker, Barbara Streisand, Voldemort. Actor Bill Nye's performance brought a unique quirkiness to the role ultimately contributing to the development of one of the most memorable villains ever portrayed on screen. But it wasn't just about finding the right actor. The production team partnered with Industrial Light and Magic to pioneer a new approach to motion capture. Instead of isolating the actors on a blue screen stage, they brought the motion capture technology directly onto the movie sets. This allowed for real-time interaction between the actors, resulting in more authentic performances and seamless interactions. And speaking of sets, the filmmakers opted for physical sets in real locations, immersing the actors in tangible environments. This decision not only elevated the action choreography, but it also provided the CG artists with invaluable references, resulting in more believable character movements and lifelike lighting effects. Now let's talk fashion. Bill Nye donned a unique ensemble on set, featuring a distinct skull cap with a black and white checkered headband. It may have seemed unconventional, but it played a crucial role in helping the animators accurately track Nye's body movements for the creation of the CG Davy Jones. The meticulous translation of Nye's performance fell into the hands of a dedicated animation team. They painstakingly studied Nye's every move, ensuring that Davy Jones captured the nuances of his performance flawlessly. 
Creating realistic CGI's was a significant challenge. ILM went above and beyond, meticulously blending Nike's actual eyes into the CG character, resulting in watery, sparkly orbs that mesmerized audiences in close-up shots. The combination of these groundbreaking techniques and the exceptional performances of the actors elevated Davy Jones to new heights of visual splendor. It set a new standard for CG characters, captivating audiences with its stunning realism and believable presence on screen. What sets these sequels apart is their ability to interweave a compelling narrative that seamlessly blends character moments with grand-scale spectacle. The films deliver captivating character arcs that allow the audience to deeply engage with the protagonists and their struggles. Amidst the epic battles and fantastical elements, there are heartfelt and profound moments that explore the complexities of loyalty, love, and sacrifice. This delicate balance between intimate character development and breathtaking action sequences is a testament to the skilled storytelling and craftsmanship behind these films. The Pirates of the Caribbean sequel sparked a wide range of reactions from the public, with some viewers embracing the continuation of the swashbuckling adventure and the expanded mythology, while others found themselves divided or disappointed. As the series delved deeper into its mythology and complex plot lines in At World's End, some viewers felt that the narrative became convoluted and challenging to follow. The intricate web of alliances, betrayals, and supernatural elements left some audience members longing for the simpler charm of the original film. While the ambitious scope of the story was admired by some, it proved overwhelming for others, resulting in mixed opinions about the overall direction of the sequels. In terms of box office performance, Dead Man's Chest became a global sensation, earning over $1 billion worldwide and becoming the highest grossing film of 2006. At World's End also achieved significant financial success, although its North American box office numbers were lower compared to its predecessor. Nevertheless, it remained the highest grossing film of 07 and continued to showcase the global appeal of the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End shine as true gems. Despite some of the divisive opinions and challenges of expanding the franchise's mythology, these sequels successfully captured the imaginations of audiences worldwide. With their captivating characters, stunning visual effects and thrilling adventures, they left an indelible mark on the franchise's legacy. Undeniably, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End hold a special place in the hearts of fans, solidifying their status as memorable and beloved entries in the Pirates of the Caribbean saga. of the initial trilogy, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise continued with On Stranger Tides. Released in 2011, this installment marked departure from the previous films as it introduced a new director. In On Stranger Tides, our beloved Captain Jack Sparrow, portrayed once again by the charismatic Johnny Depp, embarks on a quest that's more twisted than a ship's rigging. This time it's all about chasing after that legendary fountain of youth. I told you we'd get back to it, because who wouldn't want to stay young forever and avoid the horrors of aging, right? But hold on tight, because Jack's journey takes an unexpected turn. He finds himself tangled in a precarious alliance with Angelica, a woman from his scandalous past portrayed by the fierce Penelope Cruz. It is a reunion of troublemakers, where sparks fly and daggers aren't just thrown in the air, they're aimed right at your heart. Their adventure leads them aboard the ship of the infamous pirate, Captain Blackbeard, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Forget the cozy cabin and a friendly crew. This vessel is a floating nightmare where mythical creatures lurk in the shadows, treacherous obstacles abound, and trust is as rare as a mermaid sighting. It's a pirate's dream and nightmare rolled into one. And let's not forget about the return of an old rival, the formidable Hector Barbosa. 
What ensues are a battle of wits and swords, where tension and rivalry run deeper than the darkest depths of the ocean. It's pirate versus pirate, and the stakes have never been higher. While On Stranger Tides carried the spirit of adventure that defined the franchise, the overall reception from audiences and critics was mixed. The film received criticism for its convoluted plot and action sequences that didn't quite capture the same magic as the earlier installments. Some viewers found the narrative to be somewhat underwhelming and lacking the depth and charm they had come to expect from the series. Despite these criticisms, the film still garnered a considerable following and performed well at the box office. It continued to capitalize on the popularity of Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean brand, becoming a financial success and solidifying its place as the third highest grossing film of 2011. While it may not have matched the same level of excitement and acclaim as its predecessors, the film still managed to entertain audiences and keep the franchise alive. But, like many franchises before it, you either die a great one or you go on long enough to see yourself become a bad one. Could someone explain to me as to why I'm here? Prepare yourselves for the fifth chapter in this cash cow franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, where Captain Jack Sparrow sets sail once again on an adventure that feels as tired as a parrot with laryngitis. Get ready to witness the magic of recycling as we introduce you to a new nemesis, Captain Armando Salazar, played by the menacing Javier Bardem. Because what's a pirate's movie without a vengeful ghost? It's like they said, we need another supernatural antagonist. We haven't milked that trope enough yet. It's literally no different than the skeletons. Join Captain Jack and his merry crew of worn-out cliches as they embark on a quest for the legendary Trident of Poseidon, an artifact so powerful it hasn't been talked about in the franchise until just now. Who needs originality when you can dive headfirst into a treasure trove of predictable and overused tropes? It's like they said, why bother coming up with fresh ideas? We could just rehash the same movie. But fear not, for this time we have some fresh faces joining the crew. Meet Brenton Thwaites, who plays the son of Will Turner. Because what's a movie in the late 2010s without the next generation trying to desperately salvage a sinking ship? And let's not forget Karina Smythe, the obligatory headstrong female character with a hidden backstory. Because clearly, the only way to make a Pirates movie is to check all the boxes on the mandatory character checklist. Dead Men Tell No Tales tries to recapture the charm of its predecessors, but alas, it's like trying to catch a mermaid with a fishing net. It's just not going to happen. Unless it's that scene from the last movie. The once delightful Captain Jack has lost his luster, and his wit is as sharp as a blunt cutlass. The jokes fall flat, the action feels recycled, and the plot twists are as predictable as the tides. This film feels like a bizarre parody of its own franchise. It's as if they took the story beats from the previous films, threw them in a blender, hit the copy and paste button, and just said, here you go. Jack Sparrow once again loses his beloved compass, embarking on an adventure fueled by drunken antics and questionable decision-making. It's a tired routine that we've seen one too many times. Can't we just break free from this formula for Davy Jones' sake? And let's talk about the characters. Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush, who once breathed life into these roles, now seem like they're just going through the motions. Frankly, it feels like they didn't want to be there, and who can blame them? The script offers them nothing new or exciting to work with. Instead, we're left with a sense of fatigue as they rehash their tired banter and recycled quirks. It's a shame to see such talented actors just trapped in a story that frankly feels like a pale imitation of what came before. But let's give credit where it's due. Javier Bardem and his crew of blown up ghost pirates do bring a certain level of intrigue to the table. The visual aesthetic of the film also has its moments with stunning set designs and impressive special effects. It's just a shame that these few shining elements are overshadowed by the overall lackluster execution. It's hard to escape the feeling that Pirates of the Caribbean just has lost its way. 
The hunt for yet another magical sea MacGuffin has become tired and predictable. We've seen Cursed Treasure, the heart of Davy Jones, we had the Fountain of Youth, and now these ghost pirates are looking for their own version of eternal freedom. It's, it's just a never-ending loop of treasure hunting, and it's kind of starting to feel downright absurd. Despite the mixed to negative response, and despite my bias, Dead Man Tell No Tales performed well at the box office, grossing over $794 million worldwide. It demonstrated the enduring popularity of the Pirates Caribbean franchise, even if it didn't reach the same heights of critical acclaim as the first few films. Overall, the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film continued the tradition of the high seas adventures, introduced new characters and conflicts to the beloved franchise, and while it may not have matched the impact of the original film, it provided fans with another dose of swashbuckling excitement and further expanded the mythology of the Pirates universe. The Pirates of the Caribbean franchise has wowed audiences for the last 20 years. Yet many ask what the future has in store for Pirates. In a recent interview, Jerry Bruckheimer confirmed that the script for Pirates of the Caribbean 6 is in progress, and while details are being kept under wraps, Bruckheimer expressed optimism about it. Considering the current stage of script development, it's safe to assume that the release of the next Pirates of the Caribbean film is still pretty far off. The complexity of assembling the necessary cast and crew for a production of this magnitude makes a quick turnaround challenging even for a studio like Disney. Realistically, fans may need to wait until late 2025 or beyond for the potential premiere, and that's assuming everything just falls into place smoothly. And so, we come to the end of our journey through the extraordinary Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. From the enchanting ride that sparked it all to the thrilling adventures on the big screen, this saga has captured our hearts and imaginations like no other. Through the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise has left an indelible mark on the world of cinema. It has given us unforgettable moments, iconic quotes, and a sense of adventure that will live in our hearts forever. So, as we bid farewell to Jack Sparrow, Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan, and all the unforgettable characters who have graced the screen, let us raise a glass to the legacy of Pirates of the Caribbean. May its tales of pirates, curses, and daring escapades continue to inspire us and embrace us to embark on our own extraordinary journeys. Thank you for joining us on this thrilling adventure. Until we meet again, may the wind always be at your back, and may the compass guide you to new horizons. Farewell. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pop Mythology, the podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Coe, and your support makes this all possible. For those of you who want to delve deeper, you can find video essays and exclusive content on our YouTube channel, Pop Mythology. Until we meet again, keep the myths alive and the stories flowing. Farewell. <laughs>